Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are inching closer and closer to football season. And Mac, not just football season, to the fall, to the leaves changing, to pumpkin spice lattes. That's the big one. Pumpkin spice. That's the one. (laughs) To it not being 95 degrees every day. We are getting so to sweater weather. We love it. And to baby Mac, which, you know, is really the big deal here. But I just feel like we're getting closer and closer, Mac. I can't wait. It is honestly my favorite weather and favorite time and favorite colors and favorite season, obviously, (laughs) because uh, it's the best. And when you can wear a hoodie and shorts, Mm. it's perfect. It is primo weather. And honestly, I do that. If it's zero degrees out, I still do that. But um, that's the time that we're getting close to. And so, KG, it's here. We're at the halfway point. This is the halfway point right now. Uh, And we're breaking down the Tar Heels. So super excited to continue this big shout out and thank you to all of these coaches that have made these ACC previews so much fun, uh, so interesting. And of course, the SIDs that we know they're the real deal. We know they're the reason that all this stuff happens. So as I said, we are breaking down the Carolina Tar Heels. KG, there's so much to break down. Let's just get into it. Let's hear from Coach Mac Brown and we'll see you all on the other side. Here we go. Coach Brown, welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to have you today. Listen, it's summertime. We're getting ramped up. Things are starting to get very serious. Were you able to take any trips this summer? Were you able to do anything fun outside of football? Well, uh, welcome, Eric and Kelly, number one, to our office. And <laughs> and uh, it, it is great to have summer and, and getting ready for the fall. I was able to run up to Linville, North Carolina, just outside of Boone, for about a week, and I had five uh, dogs and six grandkids. I really decided I need to get back to work to get some rest. That's right. That's right. We we had a wonderful time. We've got a blessed family, and it's good to see them. We always go to the the mountains of North Carolina every summer for the 4th. We're in the parade. We have a float. We, We compete. Play a little golf, fish a little bit, and have a lot of fun. So, man, great. And and actually, Eric, I'm so excited. I'm supposed to be on vacation this week, and I couldn't do it. I just I need to get back to work. And I need to see the guys, and they were working really hard. And we didn't have the year we wanted last year, so uh, we have a team meeting this afternoon at four. So I said, okay, I'm going back to work. Come on, I, I don't care. I, I I need to get back in in that building and see those guys' faces and get excited about. Uh, we we kick it off. Uh, 46 days from today. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's here. We'll, we'll start practice in two weeks. So it's time to go. That's right. That is very, very you. I would say just the conversations I've been able to have with you over the years. You're a guy that loves to be in the locker room, loves to be around the players. Um, there are very few people that say, I don't want to take vacation, <laughs> but that's something that just hasn't changed for you right over your coaching career. Kelly, it hasn't. You, you can't, fake this stuff. Either you like your team or you don't. Either you like the players or you don't. And you want to help them or you don't. And and I do. And and I'm at a great point in my life where I can coach because of them. I love the game. I'm passionate. I love our staff. I love organization and fixing things and, and all that kind of stuff. But it comes down to the players. How many people get to actually help change somebody's life 
every day. And, and it, it sounds corny. It sounds like it's coach speak, but it's really not. And, and when somebody comes to you and asks you something that you can really help them and you give them a better path to navigate to make their life better, that's pretty strong. Yeah. And, and that's the, the point I am in my life. Man, I love that, Coach. That's very inspiring. And, and another guy that I think, uh, as we jump into your team here, that probably had that same urge is Gene Chizik. He's back. He's back at Carolina. He's back in college football. And I know you guys, your path has crossed many times before, but how did you convince him to come back into this craziness? Because he was living a pretty good life uh, in Charlotte, doing his thing with ESPN and SEC Network. And then you pulled him right back into this thing. Well, Eric, I, I told him I was dumb enough to leave a great TV job to come back and coach. And I think you're probably as dumb as I am. Well, so you would do the same. And he did. And every day that he looks at me and said, really, I, I did this. I, I was working four months a year. I was in a cushy job that I enjoyed and I loved. And you've got me doing this. But the same thing for Gene. He, uh, I would have hired him three years ago when I came. He's the best defensive coordinator I've ever had. He's a tremendous person, a better person than he is coach. But his son, Callie, was still in high school, and, and now he's a sophomore at, uh, at Furman as a, a free safety. Awesome. And, and the timing was good. So when Jay Bateman and I split our ways, I called Gene and said, will you do this? And he said, yeah. He didn't <laughs> ask me how much money. He didn't ask me any questions. Wow. He said, I'll do it. That's and he awesome. had so many opportunities, but sure. none of them just fit. Right. And he loved Chapel Hill because he and Charlton Warren, who he brought with him, were here in 15 and 16 and did an amazing job. So they loved the place. They knew we'd recruited well. We've got better players. And it's it's time for us to play as good as we look. I, I love that, Ooh. Coach. And, and we'll, we'll dive into that here in a second. I want to ask you one more about Coach Chiswick and really just what does he bring to the table? I mean, from a men mentality process, from a, a you know, just a schematically, I mean, what kind of things – are you so excited about having him you know, do for Carolina? When I worked at Texas, Eric, Coach Darrell Royal said, some people have it and some don't. And, and Coach Royal and I were standing out at practice one day, and a high school coach came up, really young guy, and he said, Coach, how can I be like you? And Coach Royal looked at him and said, well, you got to have it. And if you have it, you'll make it. If you don't have it, you won't make it. And if you don't know what it is, you got no chance to make it. Young guy looked at me, and I kind of said, that's above me. But he turned around and walked off, and Coach said, hell, he ain't got it. Uh, so Coach Gene Chizik has it. He's won a national championship as an assistant. He's won a national championship as a head coach. He's very confident but not arrogant. Uh, he is a guy that when he walks in the room, they all sit up and listen, and he, he demands attention immediately. Uh, he's a guy that, that – uh, really believes in his scheme. And he'll look complicated, but be very simple. He is a tremendous teacher. So he has got the full focus of our defense. And what we've got, uh, Eric and Kelly, we've recruited well enough. We've got really good young players. Some of them don't know what to do yet. So we've got to really teach them. We've got to develop better. And, and that's why we need a simpler scheme. And we've got to be uh, guys who are working more on footwork and low pads and pursuit angles and how we tackle and, and communication in the back end. All of those things are more important because we're such a young, talented team that we don't have the old guys that you just pat on the back and say, good job, Eric. That's, that's not our deal yet. we got to coach and we got to teach and we got to develop. 
Okay, you bring up recruiting, Coach. I know because we see it on Twitter. The Tar Heel fans are very vocal as we're posting different things with our podcast. They're excited about a lot of these four stars and five stars that you've brought in. So give us a few names, specifically defensively, that you feel like have taken that next step that you feel like can really produce this year. Kelly, it's a great question. Let's let's start up front. You've got uh, uh, Des Evans. Um, was a, a five-star that's now about 265, or 265 pounds at 6'6", and, you know, he came in at 230. Wow. And we had him moving around. He's going to be a, deep, a power end. That's what he does. We've got Javari Ritzy, who's the same. He's 295. He's 6'5", uh, and he played quite a bit as a freshman, but but he can play um, he can play three technique. He, he can play anywhere across the front line, so he's going to be really good. We've got uh, Miles Murphy. Uh, who I think could be a, a, a really good draft pick. Uh, he's six five. He's about three ten and can run. Uh, that's a defensive lineman. I just saw a, a young guy named KJ Binkley. Uh, he was at, at lunch a few minutes ago, and he has had a, a torn Achilles. He tore his calf after he tore the Achilles mm-hmm. when he got here, and then had a shoulder operation. And he was recruited by everybody in the country. He was three thirty five earlier this year. He's down to three sixteen. Wow. Uh, so he looks really, really good. You've got another guy named Keyshawn Silver that's 6'6", 315. And Keyshawn had Osgood Slaughter. So his mm. his his knees were hurting and he, he gained so much weight, he's had to get it back down because we committed him at 255 and he was 335 uh, a year later. So he just grew too fast. Mm. Uh, and and a lot of those guys, I'll miss somebody because I, I don't have them all in front of me. Got Travis Shaw, obviously, that came in last year as a five star out of Greensboro, uh, that came in in January. You got Ray Bahasic, who's who's been around here for a while. Uh, so we've got enough guys now that we can start rotating. The other problem we had, Kelly, when we first got here, in a little bit the last two years, they get tired, right? Because we couldn't substitute people, and right. And now we're talking about. Coach Rowe taught me, don't call them first-teamers, second-teamers, and third-teamers, because then you're telling somebody they're a two or a three, and they're going to play like a two or a three. It's the brown-eyed, blue-eyed deal. It's, it's completely the same. So we call them blue team are the guys that go out there first, white team second, and gray team are the guys that are trying to get up to the to white and then the blue. And what we've done, Kelly, is, is this year more than any before, we've got to start playing more people. It helps in the transfer portal because of team morale, but it also it helps you after injuries. It helps you continue to be better year after year because you're playing some younger guys. So we've told our guys that, that we want the blue team. And if, you, if your coach trusts you enough to put you in the game, you are a starter. And, and hopefully we can get 22 starters on offense and 22 starters on defense. Yeah. Maybe it's 15. Yeah. But you're a starter, man, if they trust you. If not... Then you're going to be a backup, and they probably have to figure out when to put you in and how long to put you in. And if you're not one of those two, the great team, you're probably a contributor. But we're trying to to make sure these young guys play. Don't be a participant, man. Go play. Go make a difference and, and go get some trust out of your coach. Right. So he'll want to put you in. And, and all he has to do is say, Eric, come here, man. Get in. And he doesn't have to worry about where it is on the field. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a mindset thing, Coach. And I love the fact that you – don't call people first, second, third, fourth, whatever, because as you just said, I mean, when you have that mindset that's given to you by the the guy, I mean, anything that you say, it sticks like nothing else. It, it's such a mindset thing. And, and to not have that, I think, can really eliminate some of those problems, especially 
defensively. I mean, those guys rotate or should like crazy, and you just have a lot more opportunity to play. Excited to see those young guys really take that next step and and you know have that pedigree. Um, I don't know why I started with defense. Everybody in these boxes right now are offensive people. So let's get back to the, the right side of the ball. Let's get on track here. Coach, you're, you're going to be dealing with something this fall and really, I guess, this entire offseason that you haven't since you've been at Carolina. And that's – who's your quarterback? Tell me right now. Who's it going to be? I'm just kidding. You, you got a couple of really good options. you got a couple of really good options. And to me, Coach, they look like they both had really good springs. Yeah, that that's all true, Eric. And what, what is untrue is we dealt with it the first year with Sam. <laughs> you knew. Come on. We all knew. We had Jay Schroeder and – and uh, we, we had a couple of guys here. We weren't sure who was going to play. And and then it all worked itself out. And, and <laughs> we had an idea. And it, it's funny, when we had Jevin Sneed and Colt McCoy at Texas, Jevin had a better spring. And then the guys go through summer. And I get back at the end of summer and I ask the older guys, who's the quarterback? And they said, Colt McCoy. Wow. And I said, why? And they said, you'll see. Wow. You'll see. And it was about leadership. And it was about uh, summer work ethic. And uh, just having a feel of the overall team, and and then Colt took over when he got back. Uh, Jacoby Criswell been here two years, played some. Um, Gatorade Player of the Year in Arkansas. Drake May, five star from Charlotte, North Carolina. Gatorade Player of the Year in North Carolina. Commits to Alabama, flips to us. Uh, both of them are very talented. Uh, haven't played a lot, yeah. uh, but they've been here enough. Uh, Drake's been here a year and a half, and, and Kobe really two years and a half now. So uh, they're, they're no longer freshmen. They're, they're not Sam Howell playing against South Carolina in his opening game in Charlotte. And they, they are seasoned, and, and we were uh, fortunate enough to get the Florida A&M game on zero week here, Eric, so they can play at home first. And then they go to Boone, which will be a tough game, an emotional game for us against App State. And, and, but they're going to have some experience uh, before they head up there, even more than they've got now. So I'm excited about both of them. The, the funny thing, everybody thinks you know which one's going to start. You just hadn't told anybody and all that. We really don't right now because uh, one would step up and have a great day, and you'd start thinking, well, I think we got this thing, and then the next one would step over him the next day. So the good thing is we've got two quarterbacks that anybody in the country would love to have. And when some uh, transfer portal guys called this spring, we said, no, we got a full room, man. We're good. We, we don't need it. So um, I, I think it's great. The greatest thing, everybody knows you'd rather have one, you'd rather have them be different ages. And weirdly enough, uh, Eric and Kelly, because of the COVID, Jacoby Criswell's a redshirt freshman, Drake May's a redshirt freshman. And then you've got Connor uh, Harrell coming in, and he's a true freshman. So we've got three freshman quarterbacks, and one of them's been here two and a half years right. to show you how screwed up this whole thing is. Right. Start looking at roster management, but uh, they're good. They're both yeah. good. So if somebody gets hurt, you got another one ready. If someone's in the game and not playing well, everybody says, well, you don't want to jerk him too quick and make him nervous. Yeah. If you got a quarterback that's nervous about getting benched, he's not going to be good anyway. So <laughs> you got to step up and play. There's a little pressure on everybody. Yeah, and, and maybe this is a dumb question, Coach, but it is is the hope that somebody separates that that is the guy, or are you fine going with two and you know we'll figure this thing out as it goes? I'm I'm fine either way because I've I've been in situations, especially here where we played two. And it worked well, and it was so weird that the one that started usually didn't play well, and the other guy came in and did great. We'd start him the next week, and we'd have to bench him after the first quarter. These two guys are very similar in what they do, 
so you don't have to change offenses when they go in, which really helps Phil Longo, our play caller. They're friends. They're, there's absolutely no animosity or jealousy between the two, so they pull for each other. Um, so I, I think it works regardless of what happens. Would you rather have a, a guy that's been here four years and, and started every game? And uh, Yeah, but, and, but I don't believe in the old adage, if you've got two, you don't have any. Uh, I think we've got two because they're both good. Coach Raw used to tell me, uh, again, he'd, he'd say, I'd say, Coach, our team's young. He said, well, if they're young and good, boy, that's a good thing. If they're young and bad, you're going to get fired. Well, <laughs> these two are young, but they're good. So that's a good thing. I am loving the Daryl Royal quotes that we're getting from this interview. I mean, just the wisdom. I need to write all these down. That's right. That's right. The good news for either of your QBs is that they're going to be throwing the ball to Josh Downs. Uh, This guy is just special. What have you seen from him in the offseason? What is his ceiling this year? I mean, look, you're wearing a UNC logo. The ceiling is the roof. But what do you expect from Josh Downs this year? There's a basketball analogy. (laughs) There you go. That was good. Um, (laughs) We're going to move him around more. He got brackets a lot after midseason last year, and he was limited some. Uh, He is one of the best players in the country. He works so hard. He's so smart. He's so dedicated. He's tough. Uh, I have to pull him out of practice some because he wants to overtrain and overwork. Uh, So I think by moving him around, Kelly, and putting him at all three positions – we're going to put him in the backfield some. Wow. Uh, we've got different ways that we can get him touches that will really help him and make it more difficult for other people. And then it'll also open up some of the other young receivers that we've got as well. But um, he, he's not uh, arrogant. He's not one of those guys that's going to say, I'm cool and back off and not work as hard. Um, we're asking him to do a better job of leading for us because he's a three-year player now and he was behind Daz Newsom the first year and nobody noticed him. Um, and I fully anticipate he'll have a great year and have opportunities to go to the, the NFL. Uh, but he is working his rear end off and, and really, uh, like the rest of us, understands we didn't like how we finished up last year. We didn't like some of the games we had. And we want to make sure that we're playing to a standard this year. and We're going to play hard every week. No, no doubt, Coach. Before we let you go, who have you challenged in that room, in the wide receiver room, to, to really just step up? And, and I'm sure it's all of them, but if there's a particular guy or two that you're like, look, Josh needs help, and we need guys to get open, we need guys to have production, is there anybody that you can just you know name right away? Eric, I would think that the biggest one would be Antoine Green. He's been here now four years. Um, and he's, he's been hurt on and off. He's had some great plays. He hasn't had a lot of great games. Yeah. He's big. He's tall. He's fast. He's in great shape. He's more confident. And I think he's a guy that can step up and, and take that senior leadership role for us and, and really help that room. No doubt. Coach, thank you so much for your time. See you in a couple of weeks, and I uh, appreciate you always, brother. Thank you both. And, and, Kelly, you should make him bring you with him. <laughs> I know, right? I need to get up there. I, I, I look. I'll work on that, Coach. That's all right. right. Work on That's that. Right. Thank. Appreciate you both, and yeah, appreciate you. all you do for to try to educate people on our sport, all the craziness that's going on right now. <laughs> so right. Uh, let's all have a great fall. Mac Brown. The GOAT. I mean, he is truly one of the best. He is such a pleasure to talk to. He goes out of his way to 
um, you know, know your names, but also just, you know, he treats every podcast like he's doing it for the first time. And he's right. not just giving you cookie cutter answers. I, I will say Mac, you Mac. Um, when I saw Mac Brown at ACC kickoff, he walked by the podcast. You were over there doing TV big time. He gave me a hug and he said, Kelly, how's the podcast doing? Are our ratings great? And I was like, coach, your episode's not coming out for a couple weeks. But when it does, I know the ratings will be through the roof. And he said, they better be. That's what we need. That's and I right. was like, yes, coach. That's yes, right. sir. So you heard it here from Mac Brown. The ratings for this episode need to be through the roof. And, you know, the ceiling is the roof, Mac. I had to get that in again. Let's talk about UNC and the the big E word, expectations. Last year, expectations were sky high. They finished six and seven. This year, expectations are pretty middle of the pack, unless you're Greg McElroy on our podcast, who said <laughs> UNC is going to win the Coastal. Come on, Greg. But I think that's a better, yeah, that's a better position for North Carolina. Overall, the big questions I have with this team, Mac, who's going to be the quarterback? And Mac Brown was kind of skirting around that a little bit. And can this defense truly take a big step under Gene Chizik? What are your thoughts on both of those things? Yeah, well, the good thing is I just got to see them, right? I got to spend some yes. time, hang out with Mac, hang out with Gene Chizik and, and that staff. And, you know, just to see these guys in person. So, so that's a great benefit that, you know, hadn't had for some of these other episodes and maybe will have for some in the future here. That, um, you know, I, I got to make that own opinion. And, and it was awesome hearing from Mac and, and talking with him just a couple minutes ago. But, you know, the, the the doors that he opened for us and the access that he gave was tremendous. And, and you get to see things and you get to figure out, OK, who, who's going to be special? Who, who can really rise up? And I think obviously quarterback is the thing that we're all interested in and, and finding out who's going to be the guy. And, and to me, KG, it's just different when Drake May's in the game, when when he's in for practice, when he's doing reps and man, he throws such a pretty ball and and throws a very catchable ball. As EJ said a couple of weeks ago, how important that is for, you know, a quarterback to be able to do. Like, it's great that you can rifle that thing in there, but, you know, to be able to have touch and, and to just make the right throw and process things very quickly. I mean, I watched him in seven on seven and in one minute drill, marching up and down the field, and he just had an answer every time. And there, there were no sacks. There were no errant decisions or, or bad throws. I'm not saying this guy's going to win the Heisman or anything like that, but he just looked very efficient. And, and he, he looked like the guy to He you. looked like the guy, but I will okay. put a little asterisk here. That was only one day. I, I only got to see sure. one day of that. Now, the very next day, you know, Criswell could have had that day and he could have been the guy. So what's going to be fascinating about this, and I, and I asked Mac this when we were hanging out, is he said, look, every single day, everything that they do is being graded. And at the end, or when we get close to the end, Whoever has done the best, whoever points, however they do it, adds up the most, that's our guy. And he hopes that there's separation. He hopes that it's not he that has to actually sit there and make a decision um, because that's when things get tough and, and you go back and forth and all these different things. But he, he hopes that somebody separates. If practice looks like what I saw each and every day, I just have a feeling that it's going to be Drake May. But It'll be really interesting to to see KG. And then on the defense, I know I'm talking a lot here. On the defensive side of the ball, the biggest thing for me is the the, the bodies are there. Like the guys are there. They have oh, yeah. talent. They have dudes. I mean, you walk onto that practice and you're like, whoa, that's, those are some good-looking players. They have to take the next step. They have to not just be get-off-the-bus-first guys. They have to be 
uh, you know, war daddies out there. And, and certainly when I look at this defensive line with Desmond Evans, who's now playing true defensive end, dude has gained like 10, 15 pounds, looks fantastic. Miles Murphy has the potential to be one of the best D tackles in this very deep league. Noah Taylor, a guy from, uh, you know, Virginia that we know and have been so excited about. He is now in a true pass rush form. He'll go into coverage a little bit, but they're going to let him get out there. J- Jafari Ritzy, I think, is a guy that he might be the X factor and, and probably looks the best out of all those guys. But Travis Shaw, um, man, it, it's deep with what they have. And the guy, Keyshawn Silver as well, of guys that they have that are these five-star athletes, these big-time playmakers, that they just have to take the next step, KG. You, you just you can't win with just stars. You can't win with just recruiting rankings. Go out there, exert your will, exert what you want to do physically, and, and dominate who's in front of you. Now, I think because of Chiswick, a lot of that's going to happen. If you reflect back on last year, KG, there was a lot of times guys are looking at the sideline, boom, ball snapped. Whoa, what are we doing? What are, it was too complex. Right. It was too much that I think Chiswick is going to allow this thing to really simplify and for them to just go out and hunt and, and be dogs up front. And that certainly is going to help. I think the defense, to your point, Mac, I think the defense is going to be a lot better. As Greg McElroy said, Gene Chizik is not a miracle worker, but he's very close. <laughs> so I'm less worried about the defense. What worries me for UNC, especially with a young QB, uh, whoever it is, and, and maybe a two-quarterback system, because we've seen Mac Brown do right. that before, even yep. though he said he doesn't want to, he might. What worries me is the O-line. I know they weren't in your top five O-line rankings, which you can find on Twitter, at Eric Beckley. But also the running game. You lose Ty Chandler, and you lose Sam Howe, who was a bulldozer last year. This was a team that averaged over 200 yards on the ground. Running the ball really was their bread and butter last year. So you have a stable of backs, but you don't have a true star. I think British Brooks is going to get the first opportunity there. But that's my question, because we know, Mac, when you have a young quarterback, you have to be able to run the ball. I I don't know if Coach Brown is going to be upset with me saying this. I did say it on TV. I said it on TV. I hope I'm not breaking news. I hope I'm not giving away. Uh, Marion Hampton is the guy. He's a true freshman. If you look up the the depth chart, if you just Google UNC depth chart, he's not even on it. So nobody knows about this kid, but he's six one and a half, six two, two hundred and twenty five pounds kg, and is a legit freak. Like he he is a true freshman. He just got there, but I mean, if you put him and then you put every other UNC running back, you're like, what is that? Who is that guy? Wow, he's that much different physically. This is breaking news, Max, it's, because they took British right. Brooks to ACC right. kickoff. He's like a fifth year yeah, guy, and he deserves that. Like he's the leader. I think certainly he, he yeah. should he should definitely get playing time and and all of that. But do not be surprised if you see twenty eight out there early and often. And a guy yeah. that man, it, it was funny when I was talking with Mac. You, you know, and there's concerns when you have a freshman, right? It's uh, well, he he doesn't know pass protection, and and he, you know he doesn't know the. Don't put him in for pass pro. Hand him the ball. Let him run. Like, I don't care. Mm. Like, have the quarterback tell him what he's doing each and every play because he's that dynamic. And look. Max, like, this is it easy. It is easy. Give him the it's, football. And we went through it at Clemson in 2011. I mean, think of all those freshmen that came in very quickly at the skill position and played. I mean, yeah. they have 23, 28, and one. Two running backs. One is is uh, A. Green. He's a receiver. Those three need to be on the field early and often because they're difference makers. And they can help this offense. And so it's going to be fascinating. This is what I do love KG about going to these things. Cause I get to see that and I get to find out, okay, uh, 
Where's that guy been? Oh, he's a freshman? Oh, he better be playing a lot because he looks different than the other guys you have. I remember last year specifically when you went to Pitt, you said Abanacanda yeah. looks <laughs> right. different, and he did emerge. So I think Mac knows what he's talking <laughs> about, guys. Just going to put that out there. Before we get to their win total and look at the schedule at 7.5, what are your thoughts on this O-line? Because that was a concern last year. And that's still a big concern for me going forward. Yeah, well, you know, they got a couple of key transfers in. You know, I think Corey Gaynor from Miami is going to be instant upgrade, you know, at the center position. He is a guy that just loves football, and that's just what he does. He doesn't want to talk to media. You know, I'm sure it's tough for him to go to class. He wants to be in the film room, in the weight room, (laughs) on the practice field. I'm just saying, I think that that's the type of thing, you know, that he's a football player. And it was great talking with him and fun talking with him. Um, you know, big Spencer Rowland from Harvard, I believe he transferred from, looked really good. And obviously a smart guy. He's in the NBA school. So this guy's going to, mm. you know, he's going to be CEO of something someday. We just don't know where. Uh, Zach Rice might step up and, and be fighting for the young five-star freshman that yep. came in early. He was, you know, he might shift into some guard position. It's a, it's pretty hard to come in and play at a tackle as a true freshman, especially in this league in the werewolves that you have to go against. And then, of course, Biggest seam uh, Richards there has been a stable player. So there are pieces. And, and I think, yeah. honestly, KG, it's going to come down to the quarterback not holding on to the ball, not mm. back there building snowballs, get that thing out and help your offensive line. And then, of course, if the run game can be what I think, if they play these young guys, it, this could be a surprising team. Mark Packer said yeah. this is his sleeper to do some damage, not to, to win the Coastal, to do some damage in college football, in the ACC. We'll see. Well, that's what three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes right. will do. Should. That's what it should as do. As Max said, <laughs> as Max said, it's time for us to play as good as we look. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the schedule. Seven and a half is the number, which means if you're going over that, you got to guarantee eight and four. Games they should win, Mac. This is what I have. FAMU, Florida a They should win at App. Should they? <laughs> they should win at Georgia State. I don't know what the heck they're doing playing those games. They should beat Virginia Tech, Duke, Georgia Tech to me. I've got six. It comes down to some of these other games that they can get to eight. But at App, that's a game that worries me. I think it worries every UNC fan. Because if you don't win that game with a young quarterback, things could spiral. I mean, that that's a big one. It uh, It is terrifying to me. And it's crazy <laughs> that it's terrifying, you know, to be honest. So we're sitting here talking about it. Well, ACC we've seen, team. Mac, we've seen – you know, any sort of, you know, uh, South Carolina went to East Carolina yeah. last year and almost lost. Yeah. It's you, you don't want to play these games. No, you don't. And, and especially in state. I mean, this game, it's going to be the Super Bowl for App State. For the, it's oh, going to yeah. be more than sold out. I've heard rumors that App State has brought in extra bleachers. Like they are <laughs> trying to make this the biggest game ever. And, and it probably will be. I mean, App State's going to be really good. I mean, they're going to be able to yeah. Chase run Price. the football. Peoples back there, Cameron Peoples is a freak. They've got two others running backs that, that are really good. Offensive line has been great. Defense, we know it, it is what it is. They lost some pieces from a year ago, but they'll just reload. I mean, that is a dangerous, dangerous game. And, and I think North Carolina knows that. What I might be more concerned about is the very next week they go to Georgia State, the first Power Five ever. I don't know if they're thinking about that. Why? I don't know if they're thinking about Georgia State. We could lose to them. Now, they beat them by like 100 points last year, and that was probably the best team they've ever had. But don't fall asleep in Atlanta and, and embarrass the entire conference. Yeah. So six and a half is the number, KG, or seven and a half. Um, man, I, I want to say over here, but 
I don't want to wear baby blue goggles just because I was just there. I, I think yeah. I think I'm gonna go under. I think I'm gonna go at seven, but yeah. I think it's encouraging. I think it's a you don't have the Georgia Tech game from a year ago where you're just like, this is the worst performance we've ever seen. I think there's a little bit more consistency and there's promise for 22, 23, excuse me. A lot of it hinges on September. Right. With the app game and then the Notre Dame game yeah. at the end of September. Yeah. And you've got these toss-ups, Miami, Pitt, and NC State. I, you got to win at least one of those right. if you, I think, are going to go over. So, I, I don't know, Mac. I think I'm buying Mac Brown. I'm buying the skill players. I'm buying the Gene Chizik of it all. I think eight wins is very doable. You going over? I would lean over right now. But I, I reserve the right, if they lose to right. App, to tear everything up and uh, burn the if schedule. If they lose to so, App, yeah, they, they won't win there. another game. Okay, yeah, I get that. Another <laughs> cool thing about this schedule, I know we got to get out of here. Another great schedule is um, they play all the in, in you know state schools there with Duke, Wake yes. Forest, NC State. I love when that happens. Uh, so it's, And App State. So a, a true state champion will arise uh, from this year, and we'll see what it's all what it's all going to look like. So excited to see that. I'm still I'm still hanging under KG. Call me crazy. And Mac, I'm proud of you because you have been known perhaps oh, yeah. <laughs> to have some baby blue glasses no on. Question. And uh, I'm proud of you for showing some restraint. I think that's a very responsible adult thing yeah. to do, Mac. So yeah. way to go. You're about to be a father. <laughs> well, listen, Mac Brown makes it easy to cheer for. Jeremy Sharp, SID, can't thank him enough. He makes it very Dope. easy to cheer for. But Another both go. those guys, thank you for joining us. It's so much fun. These have been excellent. We're halfway through, KG. It's crazy to think about that. But guys, thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Bramlick and Mac Lane. Go get Sirius XM. Go log in. Call them on your phone. Write them a letter. Just go up, find the office, and knock on the door and say, hey, I want this. Whatever you have to do there. Uh, but also go over to YouTube, go over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. It's always great to hear from you guys. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.